evening all and welcome to the latest edition of the Women End, UCC's weekly podcast. Good to see uh, a number of club members back in the nets over the last week uh, as hopefully we move towards some cricket restarting, although in a true English cricket style, just as, the, uh, just as we look like things might start get going, uh, the weather is taking a turn for the worse. Uh, joining me once again tonight are Nicky I and the Beast, John Curtis. How's your week been, chaps? Have you been in nets yet? Uh, or planning to get in over the weekend? Evening all. Uh, no, I've not been in the net yet. Um, to be honest, as a bowler, the thought of being the only person who's allowed to bowl doesn't really inspire me much. I can, <laughs> can barely bowl an over without being exhausted. So the thought of doing it for 20, 30 minutes non-stop is not, not massively appealing to me. But uh, yeah, decent week. Just work. Sound like a broken record there, but that's, that's day at the moment. Yeah, I've... Um... Booked in with Sponge, with a new skinny Sponge for the weekend. Um, if he's as good as a bowler as he was when he was fat. So, going from there. And we've actually got a little wager on this week. We were uh, texting earlier. And we both said, if we get each other out clean bowled, I think um, one of our guests might enjoy this. They've, they've got to buy a 90s retro football shirt for the other. And I was, giving some, I was going through some today. I... I Said to Sponge, I'll buy him the 1995 kit from Newcastle, which I think is the Keegan Rat one that year. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. He's, he's going to buy me the Leeds 1993 shirt, absolute classics. So that has been mostly my week arranging that. <laughs> Having seen Sponge uh, back, Nick, I think uh, obviously you're probably onto a winner there, in all honesty. So that'll be your, uh, your choice, I imagine. Colton Palmer, please, please. So, as with last week, we have three guests with us this evening, and this time it's three brothers. These three have nearly 900 play cricket games between them, and probably nearly as many stories to tell from their long and illustrious careers with the club. They, along with their dad, have been a huge part of the club over the last 30 years, both on and off the pitch, and they'll be well known not just to Upminster members, but people at clubs all over the league uh, and all over Essex and East London. It is, of course, Rob, Steve and Jeff Mack, better known to most of you as Bobby, Smackers and Jazzy. Welcome, chaps. Thank you for joining us this evening. And uh, firstly, how are you all at the moment? How have you uh, been over the last 12 weeks with the situation? What have you been up to? Evening all. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been mad, isn't it? Um, luckily, I've been working. Um, well, luckily not. I don't know really, but uh, yeah, been keeping occupied. Been been over at the club, <clears throat> trying to do some bits over there. Um, as, as you know, middle, you've been helping me out as 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 John, seeing Nicky over there. Uh, but uh, yeah, just waiting for the uh, the nod from the ECB, really, like we all are. Absolutely. Yeah, and I've been I've been working from home since lockdown, which has been great to be honest. That not missing the commute one bit. Uh, and I've managed to get out on the golf course quite a bit. So life's good at the minute. Good yep. stuff. Yep, similar for me. So just been uh, grafting away at home in the office, trying to keep fit and uh, trying to school school the kids at home, which has been uh, which has been interesting. Good luck with yours that. Got, yours gone back yet, Smackers? He was the youngest was meant to go back, but he broke his collarbone on Sunday, so he avoided it. Ah, uh, right, right, correct. That's How the, do you do that? that? Fell out of the bath. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. 
Okay, I'll start us off with the questions. Um, so, the three of you and another brother who I wasn't really heavily interested in cricket, I believe. Um, your household growing up, just wondered how sport, especially cricket, influenced your you growing up, playing a part in a Mac household, and how your dad encouraged you and his influence on your cricket and sport in general. Yeah, well, dad being a Welshman, his primary sport was always rugby. And, and we were we were lugged about all over Essex and beyond watching him play rugby in the winter. Um, but cricket was always in the background in the summer. And actually, going back to your podcast last week about crossing the border or crossing the bridge, whatever it was, uh, dad also was a, a guy who played for Hornchurch. When he first, oh, really? Yeah, he was. Yeah, when he first moved over from Wales... In the late 60s, he played at Hornchurch, late 60s, early 70s. But then he had a bit of a hiatus from cricket until we were, well, I suppose he had to bring up four young urchins. And, and then I think he joined Upminster in about 82, 83. Bob might remember more being the oldest. But uh, yeah, that's, that's how, you know, where we got into Upminster through that way. But prior to that, yeah, we, we played a hell of a lot of cricket at home. I mean, Steve will tell you, we had some epic games in the garden. <laughs> yeah, some, uh, yeah some, some absolute classics. Uh, we'd spend, we'd spend uh, I can remember mainly me and Jazzy, I think it's probably when Bobby and Dave were a bit older, but we spent hours preparing the wicket. Yeah. We had, with our homemade football goal that acted as the wicketkeeper that was made out of some uh, tennis nets that the old man had nicked from somewhere. And, uh, and we'd, we'd play out there for hours. Um, yeah, we, we'd do full 40-over games. We'd, uh, we'd print out team sheet. I had an old typewriter. We'd type out the teams. It would always be Essex against someone. So we'd type out the teams, laminate them, take them out into the garden. And we'd have advertising boards that we'd knocked up at the end of the garden. And we'd, have, uh, we'd always contrive the results. So we'd take it in turns to win. We sort of take it in turns to be Essex, and I don't know if you remember, Steve. The pavilion was the tree house at the uh, in the pear tree at the end of the garden. So at lunch, we'd sort of go wander up into there, check check the scores, and it was. But we we would play the full forty over games. We'd we'd bat and bowl forty overs each. Wow. We'd uh, we'd always save up our pocket money and get out to Ward Sports in Upminster and buy a brand new cherry for each game. <laughs> We did. Sports. That's a blast from the past. Is, I got my first cricket bat from World Sports. Great shot. Yeah. But in, invariably, that ball, generally in about the first over of the game, Jazzy would just have a rush of blood. Be <laughs> <laughs> off and launch it into the into the railway bank at the back of the. <laughs> new, new ball requires. Yeah. yeah. Try again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Some things never changed. I was always a slogger. <laughs> but, but those games used those games used to amuse me. When whenever I was involved, one of them, whether it was Smackers or Jazz, we, we, obviously the goal got shelved when I played, and there was a wicket keeper. And I always, <laughs> I, I seem to remember one of them behind the stumps, and I think it might have been Smackers coming in, and he'd bowl a slower ball, but it wasn't the ball. It was a, a manky old pear from the pear tree. <laughs> and my eyes would light up and you'd swing across the line and everyone would just get covered in splattered pear. Yeah, he's right. And um, yeah, that, that's one of my early memories. Yeah. What, what, 
What was the deck like, chaps? If you're playing with a new ball, it must have been... Uh, was it doing bits? Oh, it seemed. It, I mean, it wasn't a flat deck, but we did. We, 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 would, we would spend hours. I mean, we didn't have a roller, but we'd put Dad's mower onto its lowest cutting when he wasn't looking. And we'd, we'd, we'd cut this track down the middle, of the, wicket, uh, the middle of the garden. And if you remember, Steve, we used to use a bit of string and a couple of golf tees to make the crease yeah. at both ends. Yeah. But yeah, it did a bit. Put it that way. It did do a bit. <laughs> yeah but so you guys obviously um, started playing cricket in the garden and then how did the your first bit playing for the club go uh, uh, come along was there much of a Colts section there at the time and like what what are your early memories of playing cricket at the club well I I started at school really I used to go over to school and then um, then went to games um, and it was only kind of third or fourth year at Gaines so I would have been oh no probably was it was probably earlier than that it was probably, I was probably about 12 um, started going over the club um, and playing with the likes of Paul Hogg um, Matt Ryan Andy Berry um, and, and the coaching was was in comparison today was uh, I wouldn't say it's non-existent you used to have Dave Coville with a Rothman's hanging out of his gob chucking balls <laughs> down at you um, and it was uh, you know, when you look at the, the quality of coaching nowadays, you've got Adam Wheater on the indoor nets and, you know, Dave Coburn with the Rothmans. Well, that's probably where my career went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and, but following on from Rob, see, there wasn't much of a cult section. So so when Steve and I were coming through, Dad kind of took up the reins because I think Dave Coburn left for Gidea Park about yeah, then. Yeah. So there was a real void. Uh, and Steve and I we would have been probably 10 and 12 or 11 and 13. So dad um, and probably um, Andrew Coe's dad, Colin, I think they, they took up a bit of the coaching. And we also, we used to go to Sanders Draper's school where we had some really good coaching that I still remember to the day. It was, uh, what was his name? Mike Pettit and Len Wright, two real old stalwarts of Essex cricket. And they used to run these coaching schools on Friday night. And I think Steve Peters was there as well when we were going. I mean, he was he's what, a year younger than you, Steve. So he's three years younger than me. But th- that, that was brilliant. So that, you know, that kind of got started. Uh, and then dad took up the mantle with a couple of other dads. Um, and as yeah, we, we played Butterkist under 13s in the uh, Chelmsford Indoor School, which was great. Uh, and then after that, uh, dad, dad, I think it was the, we were the first team to enter the Mobile Match Play. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I think that would have been about 1990, I would have thought. And Steve, you would have played in this game. This was one of the first games we played. We had Ilford at home. Uh, and it was on the artificial wicket that used to be on the square that's not been there for years. And Ilford had Robert Rollins playing for him. And he was absolutely smacking it everywhere. Uh, and, and the umpire at square leg came wandering in mid, midway through and over and said, guys, we're going to we're gonna have to go off the field here. So everyone sort of started walking off, didn't really know what was going on. And it transpired there was a, a young lad in a house on Brookdale Avenue firing an air gun. And there were these pellets whistling past his ears at square leg. So we had to go off the field for about half an hour, wait for a, for a police car to turn up, who drove across the outfield, went to the house, sorted it out. And we carried on, but we, we, we were such a ragtag, ragtag mob. We were, I think, we were sort of aged between 
15 and 11 probably playing against these strong Ilford Colts. So, you know, we, we got a good beating, but that, that was the, that was really a, sort of the start of the Colts section, I think, at Minster. Smackers, you playing that game? Any around that era? No, I remember, I remember getting absolutely peppered at mid-wicket with, with, uh, with Rollins band. So I do remember that well. And, and yeah, I, I was really making up the numbers. I was kind of, uh, yeah, two years below, um, two years below Jazzy's age group. So, um, yeah, I, I do remember that. And then to be honest, it was a similar story for my Colts, really. Um, yeah, we didn't, we could, we could barely really get one side out. I think I was the only, I was the only player to come through the Colts to play senior cricket in my age group. There was uh, there was kind of a real dearth, real dearth of players. You probably remember some of the names. Middle there was there was one there was one really good player. I think he I think he came from Ilford. He played for us. I can't remember his name. Um, was it Raman Verma or something? Uh, he was a uh, he, he was our age more Raman. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah. Uh, sorry. I can't remember his, his name. Anyway, he was de- he was a decent bat. We maybe had one other player, but as soon as one of the three of us got out, that was one of it really so yeah obviously um not as strong but then the Sats revolution came along and uh, it all changed one of, one of the other yeah one of my sort of early memories i remember getting the sanders drapers as jazzy said and getting that great teaching um i played in the um played in the havering schools teams as well so under 11 with the likes of um Dainsey. I think Whitlock was in it, a few other Hornchurch ones. Stallards, one of the Stallards was there, wasn't he? Andrew Coe, Paul Nichols. You, you'll probably remember a few of the other names, Mills, but that was... Uh, good that, side. Yeah, it was really, yeah, really good fun. Yeah, really enjoyed that. But club, club-wise, club yeah, the, um, to be honest, I think the youth section really, we'll come on to it a bit later, but the youth section was a real reflection mm-hmm. of the state of the club at the time. You know, we struggled to get junior teams out, and it was even harder to get the senior teams out as well. Yeah. So as as it would have been, I guess, then into the sort of early nineties when you would have started playing senior cricket. So as you say, there wasn't as much Colts cricket at the club as there is now, and and so there were some games, but probably not as structured as it is now, Colts wise. So all of you at some point started playing senior cricket in, in the sort of early 90s in Bobby's case and then the mid-90s with, with Smackers and Jazzy. Who was around in the senior sides then and uh, what few characters, I guess, uh, who, some who people on listening will remember, some who they might not remember. Um, what was the level the club was playing at and that? Who was about? Well, I, I remember in uh, when I first started playing, I, my, my first senior cricket was for Cranston Park. Um, I remember Keith Martin, God rest his soul, phoning up on a Monday night. Up Minster, we're only getting two sides out. And uh, he used to phone up and he'd say, Gwen Mac, 12 o'clock car park. Bang, the phone <laughs> went down. And I picked the phone up thinking, you know, I've got a chance of a game here. And it wasn't. And it, it, it was like that. It was like that. Up Minster were running two sides. There was no real sort of youth policy. And I don't think that was that was deliberate. Just just as it, as it was, really. Um and uh, yeah, so I, I then went and played my first senior adult cricket for Cranston Park with the likes of Robbo, Cobbs, Dave Allen, Gavin Connolly. A lot of people won't know these guys, um, but uh, that, that, that's where you, you, you kind of 
you got taught the game. You know, you, you're in a changing room with all these characters. Um, and it continued when I returned to Upminster with the likes of, you know, Dave Cox, uh, Tony Richards, Keith Martin again, Albert Mulder, you know, the the names go on and the brothers will remember them more and, and some of the stories. Fantastic. Um, I can see why you're the way you are now, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, and I had a similar story to Bob really because, you know, there, there was, it was, it was a closed shop ones and twos. There, were, there was no opportunity for youth then. So I, I would have been, I would have been playing for Upminster's Colts 15, 16, 17. But because you couldn't get a game uh, for the senior sides on a weekend, I went and played for Harold Woodford two, maybe three seasons. They had a third team over there, which was run by, well, Ian Jones was the guy. Jonesy, still about now. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Big Northern Irishman, great bowler. Uh, So, yeah. So I went over there and played just just to get senior cricket whilst I was still playing for Upminster Colts. And they, they, you know, that was a great third team setup. Um, yeah, Tony Partis was the captain. Don't know if you guys know him. He was yeah, a real old star of Essex cricket. Um, you know, Ian Jones, Matt Hyam was in the team. Barry Jones, Ian's son, uh, Simon Jones also played. No relation. But so yeah, that was that was where I really started senior cricket because there was no opportunity at Upminster, which was sad. But it it was a good stopgap for me. And uh, yeah, so that yeah that would have been between 90 and 92 and then when Upminster did manage to get a, a third team out probably around 93 that's when I came back and that was when the club was really starting to blossom with the with the John Sutton Colt revolution and uh, and so on so it was yeah that was that was it for me what about you Steve yeah I um I, I remember that era and I remember not neither of you two were playing I, I don't know why I don't know why they were really, maybe at that point they were really scraping the barrel and they had to pick me or, uh, uh, or, or whatever it was. But yeah, I probably would have been probably 14 when I first started playing senior cricket. So that would have been Saturday twos with Tony Richards, the great, great Tony Richards. He was a great man. Yeah, he was, he was sort of captain and then KM, KM was involved. The team was really made up of, Bunch of Tony's mates. Who, who was it there, Smackers? Well, the likes of sort of Alf Orton, for people who remember him, and then some real old names like there was an there was a wiki called Clive Avis. Clive Avis, yeah. 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 <laughs> there was there was a few, of them, but they were sort of in that teacher teacher group. Um, obviously, my old man was in the team. A bit of Albert Mulder, a few fellas, Tony Perkins. <laughs> yeah, these are the names. Yeah. Tony Perkins, all the gear, no idea. He was absolutely. <laughs> what about Gary Norton? <laughs> yeah, Gary Norton was great. Uh, yeah. he, used to, he used to, he batted three or four, and he would go around the back of the pavilion before his innings with a skipping rope. That's right. And he would he would skip for a good 10, 20 minutes before he got in, and we were just like, yeah, it was a bit bizarre. We, yeah, but he said, yeah, very nervous chap, and he just said, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it gets my footwork going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I, I saw him in the yeoman, fella enough, just before it closed for this coronavirus. Had a chat with him. Still about in Upminster. Yeah, great guy. Was he uh, skipping in the uh, yeoman as well? No, he was just dying <laughs> out pints of bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Clive Avis was still around when me and Beast died playing keeping smackers, and I remember he used to like a punt. So yeah. uh, if we won the toss and. Uh, 
and we were batting, he'd, he'd get he changed into his whites and he'd get his copy of the uh, Sun or the Sporting Life and he'd toddle off over to his Labrooks, I think now. I don't know what it was then and because he'd be batting seven or eight, but invariably we'd be lose two or three quick wickets back then, not being very strong. And one of the youngsters would be summoned to sprint across to uh, to Labrooks to tell him that we were three down and he was mixed in or whatever, in him one more wicket and he had to come rushing back to get added up. Well, middle, Clyde, um, Al Fulton Al was probably Fulton. playing when you were playing because I think there's a story where um, a <laughs> we were story. playing at Grays and Chadwell <laughs> and I think you were fielding at point and the ball had, the, yeah. you know, the, the ball had gone through to the keeper, it had gone through the slips, you were at point uh, and you threw it back to the bowler who was Al Fulton, yeah. who wasn't watching uh, and as the ball was approaching him, everybody, yelled, everybody shouted him, but uh, Al, the ball's coming and he turned around and he, and he headed it. Basically, <laughs> and uh, I think I think two or three stitches later at uh, Orsett Hospital, and he and he came back with a Terry Butcher style bandage on his That's head it. and knocks off the winning runs, didn't he? Yeah, he hit the winning runs, and yeah. then as an apology, my dad bought him a pint of Guinness back at the club to put the iron back in him for uh, yeah. <laughs> for all the blood that he lost. Hey, I remember yeah. Nashi's coming, going uh. For a minute, middle, I thought you'd killed Orton. That was all. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, he went down like a sack of shit. He went down like a sack of shit, and there was blood everywhere. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. What about the Sunday twos back then? I know Bobby was not normally in a fit state to play uh, Sundays back in in those days. But I remember again when me and Beast and Doggy and Tomo started playing Sundays. Smackers and Jazzy had often be playing. You were both playing in the first ever. I played a senior game at Haybury Natty Bower in '93. Do you remember any time? Yeah, very much. Well, that, you know, that was uh, that was just when I came back to Upminster uh, for the senior stuff. And the Sunday Twos was an institution. It really was. You know, you'd have uh, Dave Parrish opening the bowling from one and Stuart Jubb from the other. Uh, we we wouldn't really get much of a look in, to be honest. You know, I'd, you know, you'd you'd go along as fielders pretty much because they had their uh, they pretty much had their setup, but it was good. It was it was a great experience, and and Avery and Harry Barrow, as as you mentioned, was always one of those one of those great grounds you remember because it it was it was just it was a question of how many people would drive past in their car and shout "How's that?" <laughs> <laughs> or four. Or That's four. the other four. thing. I've, I've, yeah. I've played over them. People drive past in the car. Four. <laughs> you think you got the wrong sport? You fucking felons. <laughs> I'll do that in my, in my truck when I go past Cranham Golf Course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good sport, yeah. But yeah, right. yeah. But so yeah, but a Sunday twos was an institution and, and, and actually prior to playing for him I did I did go and score. I, I was I, sc- I remember scoring for uh, Saturday twos and Sunday twos for quite a while as a thirteen, fourteen year old kid. And um Dave Parrish would pick me up take me to all of these weird and wonderful grounds. So they did have, they had a, they had a great fixture list. You know, you'd, you'd be going all over the place, North Enfield, Cock Fosters, Orpington, Chislehurst. You'd, you'd play at some great grounds, but the, the cricket was very different then. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd have a, a timed game and it would be 130 for five plays 112 for three three, something like that so yeah from from a scoring point of view it wasn't it wasn't particularly interesting but it it really that that was the sort of thing that really piqued my interest in cricket I think there's another guy Tim Smith you remember him used to used to put his cricket bag on his back and turn up on his moped that's right I remember Tim yeah he used to be a uh, 
husband of one of mum's friends. Yeah. Yeah. There, there were that, there were a lot of teacher connections at the club at that point because mum and dad both being teachers, uh, th- these guys taught in all the local schools and they they'd have, they'd have the inter school cricket games and and I think that's we we had quite a good source of players then when we were lacking players. So that that was uh, pretty handy to, to get numbers. So, moving on a few years towards mid to late 90s, when I joined the club, not that this was the reason, there was a bit of a resurgence <laughs> in the club, an influx of new players, um, a, a decent cult section, obviously the, from the mid 90s where we made the Mobile final, a few old members returning. Um, what do you remember about them times, mid to late 90s, Bob? Start with you. Well, yeah, I, I, I had a bit of a sabbatical for about a year, 18 months, I think, um, in, in the early 90s and then came back. Um, and as, 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 as Jazzy touched on earlier, you know, the John Sutton revolution, John got you guys in a group. Um, and and for, I remember at one stage there was talk of, and one of the reasons I came, well, it wasn't one of the reasons I came back, but the reason I came back, there was there was talk that, that you know we couldn't get two sides out on a Saturday, and that we there was a possibility of a talk with a merge with Hornchurch, and you know um, the club was struggling, um, and and I just uh, I, I just thought it was you know come back and play a bit of cricket, and it was the best thing that I've ever done. Um, and then, as I say, Sats got you guys, you band of boys involved, and it's it's just gone from strength to strength. From, from there on in and it was uh, you know playing with you lads who on our classes you know great mates and, and lifelong friends you know played with you for the last sort of 20 25 years best thing I've ever done and I, and I look back and think oh why did I give it you know why did I not play in the in the early 90s when the club was in in, in, in a bit of a state um, and yeah it's brilliant and, and the, the development of of everything from the youth section has just been just been remarkable. Um, there's a small minority of people that have uh, take credit for that. Yeah, when, exactly. When you came back, Bob, did you go straight into the first team, or as the that take a few years to happen as the opening bowler? Uh, I can't. I can't remember to be honest with you. It was. It was all a bit of a blur back then. Um, Literally, most, most. Yeah, most of the time I was pissed. I think. Um, but no, I. <laughs> I think we, we weren't, obviously, we didn't go into the Shepherd Neem. We, we were still playing league cricket, don't get me wrong, but it was, it was never um, in the, in, in, you know, you look at the professionalism nowadays. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I would obviously knew Dave, the Foss brothers, uh, Matt Ryan, Bezza, who I'd, who I'd sort of played under 11s with at the club and, um, and grown up with. And, um, yeah, I think it was. I think the club was was struggling that much at the time that it was, they were literally running one and a half sides and trying to get people out. So I think I sort of came back into the into the ones and sort of stayed there for a few years. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I, I, when I did, you know, when I had my little time at Harrow Wood, which was great, and uh, came back to play in the Upminster Threes, that that was great. So that would have been early sort of mid nineties when I came back and. Uh, but then I had another little uh, jaunt elsewhere. Uh, and it was, I wouldn't say that this was the reason, but I remember playing in a, in a game in the threes where dad was captain and it was over at Old Church Park. No idea who it was against, no idea who plays there. But uh, I think we were we were playing out for a draw 
and I'd come into bat and uh, yeah, just just padded one up that pitched outside off, and Dad gave me out. <laughs> and uh, I don't think as I walked off and told Dad to fuck off, I realised that maybe I'd go and try me chance me arm elsewhere. So so I I had a few mates playing at other clubs, so I went and played for a, a small club called Rodin Valley. Who I don't know if you guys have played against them, but uh, that they were. Yeah, they, they, they sort of played just behind Buckers Hill. And I, yeah, I had a few friends playing there. So I think probably this was late 90s. So probably 97 to 2000, I played a few seasons there. So yeah, so I missed the late 90s at Upminster, which was during the revival when you guys had really, you know, come were coming through and, the, you know, we were growing from two teams to three teams to four teams. Uh, and it was, I think it was 2000, the 2000 season or 2001 that I came back. And it was a completely different club. It was the transformation over three or seasons or so was unbelievable. So I, I did miss that transformation, even though I was still affiliated with the club. I came and watched some games when I wasn't playing. But yeah, I had my little uh, tantrum and went and played elsewhere for a while. I did speak to one of your old teammates, Jazzy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Craig Rooney, a guy who, uh, who was, he was only young when he played with you at, uh, at Rodin Valley. Yeah. Uh, I, I know him these days. And he was telling me there were a few, he'd spoken to me before. And when I said we were doing this, I said, any jazzy stories uh, uh, mm. got for me? And he, he did. He did. Where do you want to start? Yeah, he told me a couple. <laughs> I think there was one, he couldn't remember where it was. He thought it might have been Havering, where the game was drifting towards a draw. So you, you went off and just randomly turned all your clothes inside out or something you yeah I, I was i was going oh. through a bit, i was probably going through a bit of an angry young man phase i think and yeah it was it was a i think he's right it was against havering and yeah we'd got 200 or something and they already decided they weren't going to get it so from a you know with 20 when the 20 over started as it used to be that was it you know you had to amuse yourself in another way so yeah i think it was Turned the whites inside out, took the spikes off, left them around different parts of the field. So, yeah, not not a period I was particularly proud of, but it was a bit of fun. And I, uh, I mean, I stuck with it. Really, I was. Uh, I've never, uh, never, never worn anything other than the blue and gold. Um, <laughs> I think. I think, Bobby, you're. Uh, I think you're two years away. You spent heavily embedded in the Essex show jumping <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah vague memories of that. So, you know, I, so I, stood with, I, I stuck with it and it was a real, I suppose they say you've got to, in order to come, the, come back up, you have to hit rock bottom and that's kind of what we did. But then there was a sort of a bit of a, a bit of a readjustment. Nashi dropped down from the ones to sort of run, start running the twos. He then basically dropped KM and said, "You'll you'll never play in the twos again," um, and 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 just sort of brought that brought more people back into the back into the team, um, and obviously the kind of youth youth section was growing a bit. And so then that was the real kind of transformation. I reckon I reckon that was from about '95. I would have thought Fossey um, Fossey took over the ones, and then really the, all the sides just started working their way up. Through the through the leagues, middle. You'll know the year that we joined. What was the year we joined the Essex League? Yeah, the, the Shepherd uh, Shepherd Nate. Oh, colour. It moved from the Colour Assembly to the Shepherd Nate. Funnily enough, the, the winter that we were elected. So it was for the summer of '99. Was the first uh, the first year we were in the Shepherd Nate League. So yeah. 
<clears throat> but we'd gone, as you say, from I remember started playing properly really in '94. Yeah. As Bobby said, struggling to get two Saturday sides out. I think the first senior season I played in 94, it was July before either the first or second 11 won, uh, won a league game. Uh, such was the sort of state of things then. And then, as you say, from 95, your dad took over the uh, third 11. That's right. Uh, Nashi dropped down to the second 11. Fozzie took the first 11. And that was where things started to, uh, things started to change. Yeah, that's right. I think that's when I returned. Come, come to think of it, I know my dad was doing the threes. I remember playing down at uh, at school off Woodford Green. It was my first game back, and that would have been in '95, uh, four, five. So yeah, you know, I've, I've played twenty-five consecutive seasons since. You know. Question, as I said earlier, question the reason why I, I ever stopped playing. Horse jumping, show jumping. Well, it was. He's already told you that. Well, yeah, but. I think it wasn't the show jumping, it, it was the it was the show jumpers that you were more interested, <laughs> yeah, I think. It must have been the jumpers, I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and B, what were your memories then of, of the, the three Mac brothers? And any games you played in with the guys? There's an infamous one at Ilford Catholics, I think. It's one of them games that everyone <laughs> in the club claims to have played in. It must have yeah. been about forty years side, I think. Where did they play? What where did they used to play in Park Inside Park? Park Inside yeah. Park. Yeah, that was I can't remember what year it was. But all I remember is there was behind the pavilion there was like a path and it looked like a old concrete bus shelter. It obviously weren't a bus shelter, it was in the middle of a park. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> but I can just remember I think Jazzy was like deep cover or deep square leg, I can't remember. And I think he, I think he's let one through his legs or something before. And I think it was quite early in the game, so the ball was pretty, pretty brand new. And he just picked the ball up and launched it as hard as he possibly could at this concrete bus shelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, as do you I said, that jazz? yeah. That, uh, this this all goes back to the angry young man phase that I spoke of earlier. Yeah, I, I did have anger issues at that time, and I, yeah, I think I took a good few chunks out of the ball. But it was also because I was second change as well. So I was just, just, I was just, I think I was just. Scuffing it up a bit. Uh, just scuff it up a little bit, you know, get one side a little bit rough. Yeah. Because they were a good side back then, Ilford Catholics. You know, they Absolutely. were, they, they, you know, they were, they were, I don't think they won the Morant League a couple of times, yeah. didn't they? And yeah. Pete, Pete Williams used to get about 80 wickets every he year. He did, yeah. Him. And they had, they had the Mulholland brothers, those two, right, those yeah, two yeah. brothers who, who batted pretty much all day and yeah that they were a very good side so yeah I think I was I was just looking for an edge that was all think, it was I think I was only 16 Jay you're probably a bit upset that I got the new ball yeah but it could be that yeah I'd <laughs> say so could well be just one other thing about that like I started playing obviously about that time and started in the freeze which was it was only three sides back then is that right I think yeah, it was yeah, 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 and, and yeah. your old your old man was, was the captain and there's some of our fondest memories of playing cricket I've I think when you first start, I think your first captain is a big influence on you because if you don't enjoy playing, you're probably not going to carry on. And mm-hmm. he was a—I remember—he was a wonderful captain for youngsters, and yeah, I've got absolutely. some real fond memories of playing back then with your old man. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing with dad. I mean, dad, dad did the—he the, did the whole threes, fours, fives, sixes, and sevens when there were sevens, and his whole mandate was just to bring the Colts through. He didn't. He didn't care if he didn't bat. I mean, he would keep wicket sometimes, but his whole idea and his ethos was: let's get the kids through. Let's, you know, give them a chance. 
and and he loved it. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that came from having four sons and realizing that you've just got to give them a chance and and they'll shine, which has I, been evident. I think I, I would say, Jazz, as well. Back then, that probably wasn't common for no, not as common not. as it is now. I think that's, no, absolutely. I, I remember him always giving people games and being very. I remember batting out for. Back then, there was a lot of draws, wasn't there? And I remember batting yeah. about 18 overs with him at the end. And just every over, just like, don't get out, don't get like, it was, I don't know, it just really sticks with me, some of the memories. I, I, think, I think that's why Beast, so many of our match play side still play or played for the club for so long. It was probably a lot to do with uh, Gwyn and, to an extent, Nashi. Yep. They were the captains when we were 14, 15, 16, 17, at the twos and threes. And that is why... Over half our team still uh, still play now. When you look, even now, a lot of the senior, a big chunk of the senior membership is made up of our match play side and the other match play finalist side that was our our and uh, Tiggy's year. And with our year, I think a lot of it was down to Gwyn and Nash's influence. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking of your angry episodes, Jazz, I think the first Saturday league game I played with you, it, it was in the twos. We were playing old Westcliffs at home. Bobby was in the twos for some reason. You actually opened the bowling together. I don't know how many times that would have happened. I think Bobby got an eight for. Uh, That's right. Yeah, it was a very that. wet day. It was seeming. You both, I think they were all out for about 65. But I remember they nudged the ball. I was at slip. I don't know how I got in there at that age. Uh, the bloke nudged the ball down in front of him and came to take a quick single. And you came to field it on your follow through. And I think you were half going in the wet conditions, but you thought you'd just carry on because of, uh, because you were annoyed he'd taken a one and because the wet square allowed and you just slid legs open into the stumps. All three stumps, <laughs> you, the batsman, all in a heap. Yeah, well, uh, the late I mean, great Keith Thurgood panicking that he wouldn't be able to get the stumps back into the ground to uh, restart the game. Well, there was never a one there, for God's sake, and you know that. And I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. And Bobby, you, you would... Obviously, gradually, you dropped down and, and turned yourself from a bowler into a, into a batsman and have played in the, in the threes for the majority of the last, Christ, 15 years. Like, been an absolute stalwart of the the third eleven that's been ever present in that uh, in that league, who have, who have you played with and against in in that league? Who, who sticks in your memory? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's the love of the game, and you know, as a bowler, the old ankles and knees start to ache a bit, and and I, I don't know, I, I, my beast really keeps going and keeps thundering in. Perhaps I should have on it a bit more but I didn't want to give up the game so I thought you know what I, I, me being a lazy bastard I thought oh, I'll tell you what I'll do this batting looks easy and um, yeah you know it, it, do you know what it's one of the best things I've ever done I love just playing the game uh, you know dropping down twos threes fours wherever I play in, in, a, in a similar way you know sort of keeping the ethos of, of my dad going I, I've never been much of a captain as, as most people know but um just love playing with some of the youngsters coming through um, and seeing them go on to, to, to better things and trying to help them out sometimes and where you can. Um, but there's, the, the great thing is you always you always meet people at threes, fours, even twos level, you know, Tony Small from Ilford, um, 
God, some of the guys, Barry Claydon from Chelmsford, who've been around for years, a lot of really, really great club people. Uh, you meet them at the dinners. Uh, I don't know, you know, where do you want to start? Middle, I've played with you for the last sort of 15, 20 odd years, you know. Um, the, the beauty with cricket, I don't know whether it's our club or, or, the, or the Essex League, whoever you're playing with or against, you always seem to seem to be with good people and, and you make friends for life, as I said earlier on. Um, and, and, and that's the thing that, that I don't want to give it up. I just want to keep going as long as I want or as long as I can um, and, and, um, and, and just keep, keep playing, keep playing a beautiful game that we all love. Nutterlane, Bob. Normally a few oh, stories from three Nutter games Lane. at Nutterlane. I love Nutterlane. Well, I, I don't know. Where, where do you want to start with Nutterlane? You know, in, in, in the early 90s, when I first came back to Upminster, I, uh, I, I bent down to pick the ball up at mid-off and, and unfortunately had a, had a heavy one on the Friday night and just filled my jock strap. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's, that, that's where it all started, I think. But, but since then, we, we've had, um, oh, we've had, we've had gut barging incidents. We've had. Uh, <laughs> do, do you remember you, you played in the game when I when I I jettisoned my pads? I, I bought a new pair of pads, chucked the old ones in in a rubbish bin um, next to them, and then we we had them about eight down, and and and, uh, and then number nine, uh, now number ten, come walking. I think was it one of the Lord boys. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, old boys come wandering in, and I would, we were all obviously round the bat and looking to close the game out. Fuck me, he's got my pads on. So, and not only that, <laughs> he was right, he was right-handed. My pads were left-handed, so we give him, like, you know, that was, that was another great one. We've had um, oh, Jamie O'Dell getting fierced up by the tea bird after um, <laughs> criticising the tea. Fester throwing Jegsy's hat on the floor. Oh, oh yeah, I've got that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, not not be famous Al, but but cutting the last page out of Rat Boy's book when he was out back. <laughs> remember he bought the Harry Potter book and he was reading it, and then he went out to bat. I cut the last page out of it and, uh, and posted it to him a month later. I thought, I'm looking at it now, and it's it's bullying, isn't it? He listens to these, Bob. Yeah, I don't feel good. Sorry, Rat Boy. I'm couldn't so, get away so with that now, now, Bob. Couldn't get away with that now. <laughs> Amazing. You um, briefly mentioned being captain once, Bob. Oh, don't. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> well, well, eventually, but I, I remember when I first joined when I was about 17. I think I played in the twos with um, Steve and Jeff, and it was class under uh, Spunky, and it was a very good team that always seemed to be fourth or third. And then two years later, when I took the reins, I think Steve was, was my vice that year. Yeah, and we um yeah with Beza and Bano and went up with um the team it was great and I think Jazzy's last few years were we were in the twos and he took five but after five uh, bowled about twenty six overs and absolutely <laughs> cleaned up teams and but I think all three of you have been captains at some point over the years what did you enjoy it what parts were the the least favourable stuff and any fun stories. Including one of maybe one of a home church, Bob. Oh no! Well, well, I'll go first. Let Bob have a little think about this one because he's looking a little bit flustered. Um, <laughs> no, I, I did. You know, I I've, I've played for quite a while, but I, I had two seasons. I think it was oh four and oh five where I captained the twos and really loved it. It was um, I, I took it 
quite seriously I, I read Mike Brearley's book on captaincy before the season and which for anyone who's going to be a captain I would recommend reading it it's a, it's a really good read uh it, but it was quite tough you know it was uh there was it was a it was a mixed team you know there were a couple of old stalwarts in the team Eamsy, Paul Bussey, uh, and then there were an awful lot of young guys coming through. As you say, Nick, you were one of those guys. Um, but there were also some really good players who were sort of fluctuating between the ones and the twos. I was a twos captain. So, you know, I was fortunate to have Steve Wright, Simon Mays, those guys who were, you know, super players who just never quite did it at first 11. But in the second 11, they, you know, you knew they were going to score runs. Um it was it it was enjoyable absolutely it really was but as you guys know you know you've all been captains it's it, it you know it's it's easy when it's going well but you know on those days where if you get a drop out or or if you know if you're under the pump then you you really start having to dig deep to to, to keep the enthusiasm to, to keep people up uh, but no i i absolutely loved it those those two years we you know we didn't set the world on fire i think we were you know mid-table both years and they were, you know we, we knocked on the door going from first to prem and then first time around nick when you took over you got them up so obviously you had something that i didn't but but no i did i thoroughly enjoyed it so yeah so go on bob tell us about the uh the experience of yours oh no it's embarrassing i've, no, I've, I've always uh <laughs> people who know me have worn me Part of my sleeve, and and it was. Uh, I've never been much of a captain because I've just lose me rag too much. And uh, <laughs> I remember the. I remember it as if it was yesterday, and I'm still embarrassed. And I knew it was coming up. I knew when Nicky Ison was on here tonight. I thought, oh, he's going to bring it up, and he. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Um, Birdie was batting. I, I, I think I might have been bowling actually. Crouchy, I, I think. I was crouchy. That was it. Yeah, and Birdie's chip went up. We had on church twos. Just to um, before we I just come back that morning after a ten day holiday in Tenerife, and I was That's absolutely. Right. On, <laughs> I'm not a good player when I'm tired anyway, but after <laughs> after a week trying to chat up a uh, Scottish girl who then said no on, on the last night, I was pretty pissed off anyway. <laughs> and I can't play over home church and then. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think we had him about. 50 for six or something like that and Birdie was in and, and, and they got a load of kids in the pav and I thought right get Birdie out and crowds and Birdie just lobbed an absolute knob ender up to mid off and Nicky was under it and Nicky I don't know I think you you, you had um, uh, hay fever didn't you and you, you had these like like glasses on um, and he shelled it and and I, I went fuck I think, you went a bit, I think you went a bit more than that. Bob, I, went, I did go a little bit more than that. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I don't know what happened to me. And then um, Nicky put his glasses on the, uh, and I, th- I think they were builder's glasses, weren't they? Were they, uh, they, they weren't like openies or anything, were they? They were like builder's glasses. He put them down on the staff of the rope and I fucking stamped on them as I was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't my finest hour. And, and, and I just... Yeah. I don't know. I went home with the with the hump as you do as a, as a captain. I think <laughs> Al phoned me up. And went, um, I think you owe my brother an apology. Didn't you? And I was like, <laughs> and I woke up in the morning. I thought, oh fuck, you know, yeah. And I, I and, and I'll tell you what. I still and I've not been. I don't think I've been captain since that day. I think I, I just Funny, yeah, it. yeah, strange. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. It's not for me, captaincy. And uh, 
I think I'm still um, too temperamental, too irresponsible, uh, and too. Matt, because he's nodding there, Bob. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know he is. All of the above. All of the above, and but I realise that. Um, but I'll be. I'll, I'll gladly be someone's right hand man and take the match fees and the fines pot and. Uh, but uh, yeah, as for the tactical now, so I didn't really read really his book like Jazzy did, and uh, and I didn't help by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I ain't got much of an idea anyway. But uh, I'd, I'd much rather someone else turns around, and tells me what to do, and uh, and I'll do it, and um, have a bit of fun after the game. So, and I was probably... I, I'd, I'd like to have this on record. I, I, I apologise, Nick. I, I, it still keeps me awake at night. No, it doesn't. You don't care. I do care. That was one of, not one of my finest hours. Birdie non-stop on Twitter for like a good few years because constantly tell me what happened. Birdie, Crouchy. Oh. <laughs> How about you, Steve? Would you ever captain? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I was, I was catching, I think probably between when you did it and when Jazzy did it, I think. Um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it and enjoyed, yeah, enjoyed seeing people coming through. And actually probably in that, in that era, sort of latter stage of my playing, it was, it was twos and it was just a bit more fun and a bit more, you play with your mates, you play with the likes of Burt and Buffalo and, um, you know, those guys. So it was a lot of fun and probably... Yeah, probably some of the more humorous stories that I can remember was sort of in that in that sort of era. I remember Paulie used to umpire for us. Yeah. Who's that? Colin Paul. Colin Paul. Yeah. yeah. God rest his soul. God rest his soul. And it wasn't it was never really the most mobile of people. And uh, I think it was Bear that was batting and hit one absolutely out of the out of the out of the screws square. And Paulie, bless him, just couldn't get out of the way of it. And this all <laughs> hit. Great in the bollocks. I mean, it, oh, he just <laughs> thought it had killed him, uh, but he, he, he collapsed. And uh, it was, I think it was in the first innings, and he, he played no further. <laughs> the game. He had to, uh, yeah, he had to, he had to go home. So, yeah, no, good, good fun. Sunday cricket's obviously changed over the years, chaps. We spoke about the Sunday twos, which was a bit of a institution. I remember fielding a third man or whatever at home games in, as we moved towards autumn and feeling acorns landing down on my head from uh, one of the Mac uh, brothers standing at slip throwing stuff down at me while I was uh, unsuspecting concentrating a third man. But then as the club expanded, the Sunday Ones fixture kind of, uh, Sunday Ones fixtures got going and we played, we started entering the Cups, National Cup, Conference Cup. Um, Bobby and Jazzy, I know you would have played in some of them. Jazz, any any games that stick in your mind from that era? Oh well, this this is this is really what my golden period where I really really in, was really enjoying the cricket at Huntminster. So I think it was uh, 03 and 04. So I think it was 03. There were there were a couple of games in 03. There was the Ilford game uh, where they turned up with a really strong team with Varen Chopra, and I think you know you've you've covered it on the um, on the Huntminster Twitter. Where uh, you know they turned up and we had a bit of a mixed side, few ones players, few twos, couple of threes. Uh, yeah, we 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 got them out for two fifty, and I, th- I think you remember this middle. Were you playing in this one middle? I was watching, watching, this, watching one. this one. one I think, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got them out, and then it it, it was yeah. So we were uh, got them out for two fifty, and we were one fifty for eight. And then uh, Dan Tyler and Rob Tuffy came in 
no, you know, nobody gave us a cat in hell's chance. And I was number 11. So, you know, I was sitting on the side at that point, you know, you don't really, you don't really care. It's a bit of fun, but they, they started, started hitting some shots. You know, they got us within 50, 40, 30, but then as number 11, you start thinking, hang on a minute, if this gets a bit tight, um, you know, this is all on me. So I'm sitting on the side. Everybody else is enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great fun for everybody, but I'm absolutely shitting myself when it gets down to 20, 10, but those boys, they got us home and it was, it was, you know, we were a, what, a league one side. They were a top prem side who really, you know, they, they should have beaten us. We were a, we were a mixed bag, but yeah, we won that game and that was great. And, and the other Sunday uh, cup game, or it was, it was, sorry, this was a Sunday league game and this is slightly different. This is in reverse and you played in this one middle and this is one of my favorite games ever. And it feels a bit bad because it was a one-sided affair. And we played, oh. we played Hadley and Thundersley away. And uh, we, you know, we turned up with quite yeah, a reasonably strong side. But again, you know, a few lower, you know, we probably had, I don't know, eight or nine, seven or eight first-team players and a couple of twos, threes players. But uh, what we didn't realise was that Hadley's first team had a National Cup game. And I think their second team had a, some other commitment. So we were effectively playing their Sunday threes, which was a couple of blokes in their 80s and then probably nine 12-year-olds. And I remember uh, Paul Brockman, he wasn't captain. I think Pecky was captain, but Paul yeah. Brockman told us before the game, and this is terrible, he said, we need to ruin them. I want to make those. I want to make those kids never want to play cricket again. And it's it's a terrible thing, you know. It's really, you know, we want to encourage these guys. But so we 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 won the toss and batted first. It was a forty-five over game, and we got five hundred and sixty. And funny enough, Brockman was the only one who failed because he only got seventy. Um, it was Maisie and um, Simon Mays and uh, Grapes and Rath, Spiria. Mike Rath. They got hundreds and Spriggy. Lawn Sprig, our overseas player, got 199 not out. Yeah, we got 560, and I think there were 50 all out. <laughs> middle, you got two wickets that day as well. <laughs> That's what I'm like. So, yeah. I've got a couple of wickets, yeah. Which, yeah, uh, you got two wickets that day. And I think it was there, there was some sort of call to the Guinness Book of Records. Is this the biggest ever win in a 45-over game? It was. I mean, it felt terrible, but... It was when you look back, it is bad darts, really. We yeah, it's told. terrible. I mean, we should we should have given someone them a, should have stood up to Brocky. Uh, yeah, yeah, we should we should have played a much fairer game, but you know, it that that was a memorable Sunday game, and I yeah, I'll I'll never forget that one. I, I remember one, Bob, only a friendly, but it was Langdon Taverners. I think you might have been playing based. Uh, they used to play at Lake Meadows at Billericay. It was just a friendly, and it was I remember it for two. Uh, I don't know if you remember it, Bob. I was keeping. You were fielding at third man at one point after another heavy night out. And uh, swooped round, dived, fielded the ball. And then just carried on running after you fielded the ball straight into the changing room because you'd had an accident. <laughs> and then later in, the, uh, later in the afternoon, you were also having a smoke at mid-off, which uh, you were doing quite subtly, so no one minded. But then a certain Rob Norris... Uh, also thought it would be acceptable to uh, stand at <laughs> off with a fag on the go. And the ball came to him and he misfielded it because he was more worried about his, uh, his silk cut. And I remember Nashi losing it and, and 
tearing a strip off you, Bob, for the uh, for the example that you said. And in in recent times, chaps, I'm, Smackers and uh, and Jazzy, you, you, you've just, not just... played for a few years regularly, uh, but you have played in the uh, in the windmill whack. How have you found that? Have you enjoyed that? And and I know Bob. I don't think he wants to join you on the golf course yet, just yet, Jazz. But so you get to play together in the windmill whack. You still up for that if we get started this year? Yeah, absolutely. This is this has been perfect for me because you know I I gave up cricket when the kids came, and that was always my idea. When the kids come, I I, I you know I, I wanted to commit my weekends to the kids, but this idea of the windmill whack that the club have run for the last few years has just been absolutely perfect. You got a twenty-over game on a weekday evening or a Sunday afternoon. It just fits perfectly. And yeah, I loved it. You know, I, 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 and I still love it. And hopefully we can play a game or two this summer in some capacity. But the, the, the past, I think, is it four years it's been going? Yeah, four years. We've done four that. years. Yeah, it's four years. But it's, it's been great. And it's, 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 been, it's been great just to, you know, reconnect with some of the old members, but also to play with some of the younger guys, you know, just to see how these cults are coming on. And there are some seriously good cults, you know, that are coming through the club. So I think this initiative that you guys set up, you know, it's, it's, it's just fantastic. So, yeah, let's let, long may it continue. Yeah, I'll second that. It's been, um, it's been really enjoyable. I think, I think, Beast, you picked me last season and I wasn't available for any of the games. So. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. disappointing. Yeah, so I probably did you a favour. But no, I've, I've really, really loved uh, getting back involved and um, playing again with, with some of the old faces and some of the some of the new faces. Um, some people take it a bit too seriously, you know. <laughs> Who's that, mate? Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Sometimes, maybe. No, I don't. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think ever since Jazzy broke my finger a couple of years ago, oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've calmed down a bit from that. I'm just, just just grateful to get out and play. Well, there's a lesson there, Bob. Don't keep wicket when you're pissed. Exactly right. <laughs> especially right. If, especially if you've got no no idea how to keep wicket. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. I I totally agree. I, I think the wax great for especially like people who used to play quite to come back and play but probably more to um, Steve and, and Jeffy obviously from not as regular in the club anymore uh, how do you see the club at the moment obviously your, your biggest view is probably um, hearing what Bob says maybe our social media all the stuff that we've been doing like how do you feel at the club and what, what do you think the club can achieve in the next couple of years well for me I mean the, the, the transformation from the cl- of the club from when I first started to how it is now is it's it's just unbelievable. Um, so you know, so you know, I, I do still come over to the club, watch the odd game, or especially when there's one of the one of the senior teams playing at Brentwood, Shenfield, or Hutton, which is just around the corner from me. I'll wander over, watch a bit. But it's it's, it's unbelievable that the transformation since I started to how it is now is is amazing and. You know, you guys, all of you guys on the committee and everybody else who, who works hard. This, this is just, it, it's so much to be admired, admired about it. So I, I think the club is in a really good position. I think another great thing is that the club doesn't re- rely on a benefactor like a lot of other clubs do. You know, we've got such a great social 
element and ethos about the club. Uh, you know, you've only got to look at the last couple of virtual uh, fundraisers or, or evenings that we've done online when we, you know, when we've not been able to meet up. So we've, you know, the club's raised what 15 grand or more in the last couple of months, which is ridiculous. You know, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of clubs I'm sure who've their members have not had any contact at all. Whereas, you know, this club has managed to, to, to get together online and, you know, we've, we've had a race night, we had an auction night with a quiz. I think this club, as a park club, remember, because it is a park club, you know, you know, we don't have a private facility that a lot of other clubs have the privilege of. Uh, we don't have a benefactor who's bankrolling superstars. We're relying on pretty much homegrown talent. Yeah, sure. We're going to get a couple of, a couple of players in, you know, there's going to be a, an overseas perhaps that, you know, we can fund through the coaching side of stuff. But yeah. I, I'm very proud to be a member and a vice president of, of this club. This is, it's, it's a club that's, it, you know, it might not be challenging for top honors, but it's a club that's going to be around for a long time on this basis. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very positive about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I agree with that. I think, uh, I think all organisations need to have that sort of strong leadership. And I think you just see the depth that you've got in the club with the you know, likes of you guys and just countless other people driving it. But and I also, the, the, the thing I like about it is I've never felt the club was defined by the fact that it played and had to play in the first 11 Premier League of Essex. It was you know, it was it was important that it was playing a good standard of cricket. It could tra- attract players in, but it was never defined by that. It had a much, to me, it had a much broader mission around sort of you know what it was about and, and, and community, um, and, and that just seems to be going from strength to strength. So, yeah, good on good on you boys. Running out of time, unfortunately, chaps. Just your favourite game, just. Not a long story, Bob. What would you give me one? You've each got to pick one. Right, okay. Nine hundred you've played between you. I I would say the game in nineteen ninety nine against Wickford. It was a Sunday league game. You played middle. Beast played. Um, I don't think my brothers played. It was the silent game. Um, <laughs> we 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 posted uh, somewhere in the region of I think about one hundred and eighty something like that. Um, I'm just. Just trying to have a little squeeze through the scorecard. I think we got no, we got two hundred, two hundred, just about two hundred. Um, and Wickford were a very good side back then. Um, we're, we're playing a couple of leagues higher. Um, and I, 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 I was captain that day. It was one of one of my few uh, victories as captain. And um, we said, right, we're not going to say a word. So every appeal was silent. Um, and I think we won by about four runs, I think, and it, yeah. and it was just one of the most amazing uh, days. And and that that guy, Steve Hammond, who, yeah. who who was a very very good player, he got about forty fifty, nearly got a minute. He, he he came up to me at the end. He went, "What the fuck was that all about?" <laughs> no, really, just just an idea at the time, and it and it worked. And they had a team full of very very good first team cricketers. Um, so that that. Apart from all the all the all the sort of benefit games, which have been so beneficial and, and fantastic for the club, that's the one that sticks out in my mind. That's just just entertained me. Yeah, well, that, that, that's great. That's great. I mean, I, I'm I'm just amazed 
that our Bob could keep quiet and not say anything for three hours. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It was um, the best on-field captain he's displayed ever had. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. There we go. Maybe you should go and play for the mute cricket Essex Essex cricket team soon, Bob. But yeah, no, you know, there's been there have been many, you know, and I I've loved the games that that 2004 Cup run when we played against uh, Tring. Um, who else was it? Uh, Wokingham. Wokingham. And then we got not knocked out by Bexley or some Beckenham it was, yeah. sorry. Yeah. You know, they were all great games. And as Bob said, all the, all the benefit games are just amazing. But for me, and it's actually, it's, it's not really an Upminster game, but it is an Upminster game. It's an Upminster Renegade game. This was the Rebel Tour of 2003. This was the Tour of, uh, tour of Estonia that was... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I've no idea how the tour got born out, but we managed to, we managed to cobble together about 20 blokes to go on this tour to Estonia. And it, yeah, it, it was dubbed the rebel tour, which was, and it was probably in a bit of bad taste because we all turned up at the club before we flew off to Estonia in our club or not club in our rebel tour shirts, which was bad form really. Cause I think we upset a few people. But yeah, we flew over there and, it, and actually it's, it's the only time I've ever played an international team. So we played the Estonian international team who, who, who were absolutely dog shit, obviously. Um, but it was amazing. So we played, we, we played this game. It was, uh, it was on the, it was within a, a, a racing track, a horse racing track, the uh, Tallinn Hippodrome, it was called or something like that. Uh, yeah, and, we, uh, and they had—they basically had one bloke, some expat, some English expat who was um, fancied himself, and he really thought he could uh, hold this rabble together. But yeah, we gave him a good smashing. So for me, that's my favourite Upminster CC game, even though it's unofficial. And Smackers? Yeah, mine would probably have been probably one of the ones you played in middle, Shenfield away. Ah, oh, I know the one you're going to say. I think, I think Beast might have been playing as well. Not a tight game. Yeah. Uh, that uh, one, Smackers? Yeah, so we went down to the wire. We, I, think we, I think we needed a number of points to get, I think it was promotion on the line. Yeah. Get promoted and um, it went right down to the last ball and we, yeah, we managed to run their guy out off the last ball uh, by a long chalk and kind of all, all hell erupted. I remember you running around the outfield middle doing the aeroplanes, weren't you? Just in the Yanar Gifjortov, when I he was playing at the time, and you were you were at mid off and fielded it, popped it to me, and I took the bales off and just ran. I don't know why I've not yeah. ran that quick think, ever. I don't think about that. That was very England 2019 World Cup final. That actually very similar. What the way we ran off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was yeah, but I got I've got one more memory that I would like to get in because I I love this story and it's 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 the cricket cover late story. And I'll keep the names anonymous because it's, um, you know, I don't want to shame anybody, but I remember there was, there was a very old club stalwart. Mm-hmm. Played for the club for years and he was my geography teacher, actually, a Welshman, Bob Hill. Oh, yeah, great yeah, story. Bob, Bob great Hill. story. Bob Hill. Um, I mean, he, I think he played for the club in the 60s and the 70s and then he was an umpire. And he was a terrible umpire because basically he was always, he was always half cut on whiskey that he'd chore from the back of the bar, you know, he'd, he'd go behind the bar help himself. Anyway, so he died probably early 2000s, I would have thought. But he was a, he was a, a bit of a loner, so he didn't have much family. Uh, and in his will, he left uh, a request. He wanted half his ashes to be kept somewhere. I don't know if he wanted, he was a Welshman. Camarthenshire. Camarthenshire, that was it. So he probably had, he wanted half there. 
and he wanted half of his ashes spread on the Upminster Cricket Club Square, which is a lovely touch. But as I said, he, you know, he did, you know, he was a single man. He didn't have any much family. He had a couple of nephews. So a couple of nephews came up for the uh, service with the, with the priest on the square. They had the ceremony, poured the ashes on the square. About half an hour later, the then groundsman, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> turned up and saw the mess on the wicket, on a length as well. And, and he said to my old man, there's, there's a load of junk all over the wicket. And he went out there with a dustpan and brush, and he swept it up. And the best thing is, he put it in the dog shit bin. Right? <laughs> right? Down at the end of the park. <laughs> and, you know, and God rest his soul. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, just just one more thing. Thinking about last week's one, uh, crossing the divide, everyone failed to mention the great man that was Jack Frost, who crossed the divide, came back, crossed again, came back, crossed again, uh, and what a great man he was. And and he he gave myself and Middle so much entertainment over the years. Absolutely, um, a, a massive what, character. What, what what one of the, one of club cricket's characters and. Um, you know, although wasn't uh, endeared by everyone, but w w was a very, a very sweet man and uh, a very much missed and one of the characters you won't see again. So, no, absolutely. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. Jack Frost. Yeah, what a gift. The, what a guy. The, the older we get, the, these guys keep drifting away, which is so sad. So, like people like Jungle and Bruce Adams and and people like that. You know, there's a lot of people in cricket who. Who, uh, who who were dearly missed, and you know, without being morose, it's um, it, it's down to us guys. Well, not us guys, but you guys to keep it all going. Absolutely, which I keep... think we're trying to do at Upminster. Which was my absolutely point. well said. No, well said, Bob. As you say, yeah. we've all been very lucky to uh, to play with so many characters, so many good people, so many good players over the years. Uh, I think. On behalf of everyone, the three of you, uh, not just for tonight, but for uh, <clears throat> all you've done for the club on and off the pitch over the last 30 years, as well as your dad. Uh, and we should probably thank your mum who puts up with you, uh, <laughs> put up with you all, four boys and you uh, when you were all, and, and your dad when you were growing up. That probably weren't easy. She was probably glad to pat you all off to cricket, to be honest. But uh, yeah, we haven't got no, all seriousness. Yeah. Thank you for everything you've all done for the club. It's been really, really good. Some many amusing stories. I know we could talk all night, and I'm sure uh, <clears throat> I'm sure when the members listen, they'll all have their own favourite uh, Mac stories as well to tell. So thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Cheers, fellas. Thank you very much. Keep keep the good work going, boys. Superb. Love the podcast. Well done, guys. Thank you to everyone for listening to this week's edition of the Wimble End, the Amateur CC podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions. Drop us a message to our Instagram, which is at Amazon CC. See you at the clubhouse soon.